saw our announcements um, this week. You're already aware, but if not, uh, we flipped a little bit for today. Thank God for our final message in the series. I may post something later this week, although it sort of relates to our world environment right now with the dramatic developments in Europe over the week. So uh, this morning I'm just calling us to a time of worship. We're going to have an opportunity for prayer, but if you would like to pray, you can. Uh, for our folks online, we'll try our best to accommodate you being able to hear anything that's said in this space here this morning. We're not going to require folks to grab a microphone or anything like that. We just want to pray for our world, for the people of Ukraine, people of Russia. Um, it's nothing new in history that people of countries are under the, the unwilling rule of various leaders. about that a little bit more now here. Let's uh, share some quotes. <laughs> I think so. Um, let's share some quotes from uh, some famous folks here in a little bit as well as share just some words from Scripture. Not a lot of talking uh, about it. Just going to let them speak for themselves and ask the Lord to be among us and uh, for us to just have a spirit of worship and uh, a spirit of intercession spirit of thanksgiving for the ways in which God is good even in the midst of tragedy and uh, share some, some other things with you as well. Alright, so with that being said, this first song here, uh, if you want to stand with us and sing, uh, jump in with us. This just talks about how God makes everything good, including you.
New Testament are enemies of those who harbor hostility against us, not those against whom we cherish hostility. For Jesus refuses to reckon with such a possibility. The Christian must treat his enemy as a brother and requite his hostility with love. His behavior must be determined not by the way others treat him, but by the treatment he himself receives from Jesus. It has only one source, and that is the will of Jesus. By our enemies, Jesus means those who are quite intractable and utterly unresponsive to our love, who forgive us nothing when we forgive them all, who requite our love with hatred and our service with derision. For the love that I had unto them, lo, they now take my contrary part, but I give myself unto prayer. Love asks nothing in return, but seeks those who need it. And who needs our love more than those who are consumed with hatred and are utterly devoid of love? Who, in other words, deserves our love more than our enemy? Where is love more glorified than where she dwells in the midst of her enemies? I would just take a moment to suggest that Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this in 1937 in the rise of Nazi Germany. He might have looked around his world and seen enemies. And were you living today in the Ukraine, you might look around your world and see enemies. But I suggest to you, here today, where you live, there is only one enemy. And it is that enemy who would have you see anyone else as an enemy. You have no enemies in your life. People who think differently than you, who have different political beliefs, have a different ethnicity, Whatever it may be, they are not your enemy. They are lost, they are broken, and they are trying to make their way in a dark, broken world. They are not your enemy, and they need your life.
It does feel a bit like, at least to me, over the course of the last handful of years, that the world sits on its place here above. But as I have analyzed that thinking over the last few days, I don't think that's any different than any moment in history. At any moment in history, a mad person can upset the world balance. Uh, a small man with great power can disrupt the peace of neighboring countries. isn't a lot that we, as individuals, can do to influence the course of the world. But we, as a collection of humanity, if we share the same ideas, not necessarily even the same faith, because people of other faiths can share similar ideas. hope that the world will come to know our Christ. Because we believe that really the ultimate answer will be found there with Him. So those two, those two extremes of as an individual, there's not a whole lot I can do. As humanity, there's a lot that we could do, but we're not on the same page in many instances. So what can I do as an individual? 
exciting to have impact in the world that is within my reach. The world that is within my influence. My family. My job. My neighborhood. My community. I can put my hands on things. Through cooperative mission efforts with different organizations that you may find great value and who work throughout the world. In all of those endeavors, as Jason reminded us that our, our fight in this world is not against really the governmental systems or the political ideologies or the personal philosophies, the Bible tells us that our fight, our struggle is against powers and principalities of evil that seek to poison and destroy anything good that God has intended. And so the weapons of our warfare are prayer, seeking the wisdom of God, loving God with everything that we have, and living in a manner in which we love our neighbors who are not our enemies in the same way in which we love God. One of the quotes I chose this morning is this one. It says, Violence never brings permanent peace. It solves no social problem. It merely creates new and more complicated ones. Violence is impractical because it is a descending spiral ending in destruction for all. It is immoral because it seeks to humiliate the opponent rather than win his understanding. It seeks to annihilate rather than convert. Violence is immoral because it thrives on hatred rather than love. It destroys community and makes brotherhood impossible. It leaves society in monologue rather than dialogue. Violence ends up defeating itself because it creates bitterness in the survivors and brutality in the destroyers. I wonder if you would read aloud with me this morning from the 29th chapter of Psalm. Just a few short verses. And uh, I'd like for us to read it together. I'm going to shift over to the piano. I think there's going to be some music right after this. Take my glasses. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to read this passage together. Connie and I are going to do a couple of other songs. And then I'm just going to open the floor for silence or prayer. 
And there's no recipe here. I've not asked anyone specifically to pray. There's no plans to kind of get the ball rolling. Just want us to sit together in this moment, contemplate those who are under literal attack this morning, including our brothers and sisters in Christ who strive to worship today in literally the midst of war. And if you feel led to pray for them, then I'll ask you to do that. And I say that we remember our brothers and sisters and the people of Ukraine, but I also want to encourage us to remember our brothers and sisters and the people of Russia, the countries surrounding Ukraine. There's so much turmoil and tension there. And there is not blanket agreement on the action that's been taken by the government of Russia this past week, even within our own country, which is an amazing thing to see. Thousands of people protesting against the actions of the Russian government. I grew up in a time where that would never have happened. So I don't know how to direct you to pray. The Spirit can do that. And maybe no one prays out loud at all. I'm totally okay with that. We just ask the Lord to lead us, to lead you, and to bring us wisdom and comfort and intercession on behalf of our brothers and sisters. So, Psalm 29, starting in verse 1, it's 10 verses, and uh, it just tells us about the glory of the Lord. So read along with me if you would. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. And the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Quebec. The voice of the Lord lets the deer give birth and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people, and may the Lord bless his people with peace.
Psalm 37 says this. Fret not because of evil doers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desire. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out devices. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land. They delight themselves. Communion, and encourage you to partake of that and do this for some remembrance of Christ. I'm reminded of the passage where uh, Jesus actually says, You think that I came to bring peace to the earth, but that's not actually what I came to do. And in times like that, that, that seems difficult to wrestle with a little bit to me. But it's because he goes on to say, What I really came to do is to bring peace between humanity and God, between those who have fallen and broken and sinful and a righteous God who loves them, because our sin puts us at war with him. And the way of the world, I think, more than anything, simply reminds us just how much we need peace. And that is what Christ came to offer. In the meantime, we desire peace. Just a few minutes. And, uh, we 
would like to pray out loud to just speak prayer and be able to pray with you. And we'll just take silence for the next few minutes if that's okay with you. sure folks hear this. Just two hours ago, we were talking with um, friends of ours that are in Rhett, Ukraine. It's a little bit south and west of Kiev, called Poland. Uh, they're the greeters of our dog. And they are, and they're without employees at their kennel. They have, there are 20 dogs on their property, big ones. And um, I asked, I don't know, but I said, could we, in a time of prayer today, and I said, what could we specifically pray, pray for? Exactly what I got back from her. Her English is very good, by the way. Um, the most important thing is peace in the heart and trust in the Lord. Let them pray that we always have this in our hearts. And then she says, when fear takes possession of our heart and minds and we stop trusting the Lord, he promised that he would never leave his children. She goes on to tell me they have enough food for a few days. And um, there's, there's dogs and people, but they are stuck in their homes right now. And she asked us to pray for peace. Peace.
Sacrifice given Does God even listen?
disciples was to celebrate the Lord's Supper. The last thing they did collectively before the next few days of doubt and fear and uncertainty and division, the last thing Jesus did with his closest friends and followers was bring them together symbolically reminding them, just as, as this continues to serve us today, to remind us that He is in us individually. He is in us collectively. And that we are in Him individually. And we are in Him collectively. I'm going to ask in a minute, just go ahead and come down this aisle. We have prepackaged communion, bread, and wafer together. Wafers are gluten free, but that's useful for you. Feel free to be confident you can partake. I'm just going to ask you to take and, and don't open anything yet because I want us to do this together. But I would also admonish you before you come, take a minute. Um, Paul tells us in Corinthians that. It is important that we not come and enter into this time unworthily. And assuredly, none of us are, are worthy of this outside of the grace of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we should ensure that before we come to the altar, we have taken a moment to ensure that there is nothing, there is no obstacle, there is no division that we ourselves have raised that between our Lord and ourselves. So just take a moment, consider, confess if you must. And when you're ready, I would ask you to come and take. And when we've all got our elements in hand, I will lead us through the partake. So as you're ready.
as the light of his face to turn the day, though he chose his captives to walk in darkness. Thanks, have a great week. This coming Friday is our firehouse meal, correct? So if you'd like to, is there a sign up? Okay. If you would like to help with that, Adrian and Jennifer. Some information out this week as well, and we'll have to just support that. Also, keep in mind uh, if you have not noticed, we have a concert hosted here, March 26th, Saturday evening, 5 o'clock p.m., Taylor University uh, out of Indiana, bringing about a 50 voice uh, collegiate choir. Going to do a sacred concert right here on this stage. It's going to be a great time, so be here for that. Invite your friends, it'll be a good time together, and uh, I love you. Have a great week.